Welcome to Charmed Life, a radio show discussing spirituality, magic, and the unconditional love of the universe. Thanks for tuning in. And I am your host, Trisha Carr. Welcome, welcome to today's show. Welcome to your experience of who you are. Welcome to nature. Welcome to spirit. That is what we are here to connect with. Indeed, those are all one, including you. You are all one with those principles. That's who you truly are. And I'm so blessed to be connecting with you through this program and any other way that we do engage. By the way, ways that you can engage with this program and the work that I do, my YouTube channel is youtube.com slash Trisha Carr. I post other videos in addition to this Charmed Life program. And my podcast feed, you can find Charmed Life with Trisha Carr on any way that you get your podcasts. I am going to be adding some new things onto the podcast feed, I think. Oh, I'm not going to talk much about it right now. (laughs) You know, when you still have something in the planning stages, it's actually good to not talk about it so that it doesn't get outpictured by other people who are just curious. And I'm like, I don't know what it is yet, but uh, just a little bit of advice there. And I want to say hello to the Lightworkers Lab, Lightworkers Lab, the online spiritual community of which I am a guide and moderator. Founded by my dear friend, Crystal Ann Compton, who's on Charmed Life frequently, you can find the Lightworkers Lab on Facebook, hosted as a group. And, you know, we have a really special retreat coming up. We do this once annually, the Bliss Retreat. So go find us on Facebook, first of all, and then also go to thelightworkerslab.com. You'll be able to see how you can join us in Sunland, uh, Colorado, uh, the weekend, uh, what is it, September 1st? I think it's August 29th through the 2nd of September. That is our retreat. I will be speaking. I'm going to be talking about the quantum mind and how to have mastery of your quantum multidimensional mind so that you can do everything to uh, shift your life to be on your highest possible ascension path. That is what we are doing. And as well as many other speakers, including Crystal Ann Compton, offering her her own teaching workshops and attunement services. Oh my goodness, you guys. Okay. So go check out the Bliss Retreat on thelightworkerslab.com. I'm super excited. I would love to meet you. And along the lines of meeting you guys, today is May 26th of 2019 and June 1st of 2019, so that is in just about six days from now, I'm actually hosting an open house, a party at my Mystic Art Studios in Burbank, California. So you can find a link here in the description to actually come and join us in person, but the thing is you can actually join us online too. So this is an open house. We're just going to be hanging out, having fun. You can go, you can actually grab a link to come and show up on Zoom and just see some faces that maybe some people that have been on this show. If you are someone who is in the Lightworkers Lab with me, then I have a couple of friends coming in town, Lauren Olivia and Chris Hoffman. And if you're just like, what is she even talking about? I listened to this show or whatever. Just come pop in. It'll be super fun. And uh, yeah, actually, we're we're hosting drinks and just fun and music and Burbank. So if you live in Southern California, I would love for you to come. It'd be just really, really fun to hang out. So go check that out. And if you're listening at some other time, just go check out the my website because I'm planning on having these open houses frequently. So, so exciting. Can't wait to connect with you guys. Also on uh, June 1st, this coming Saturday, is the third of my uh, series of workshops 
Journey with Your Multidimensional Spirit Guides. And this coming Saturday, we are going to be doing a full workshop where we actually do some lecture and connecting and education, asking questions. I'll be giving um, information about the manifesting planes of the heart, of telepathy, and all kinds of, all of the stuff, the spiritual stuff right here in the right now bodiness. <laughs> and um, then we'll be doing actual meditative uh, journeys. I'll, I'll induce us and we will go on journeys together. So go check that out. All of that's in the description here. And without further delay, I am so excited about this show. Okay, she is amazing. My guest, Indra Singh, is the creator of the international flower elixir brand called Silent Moon Imaginarium. Indra is on a mission to spread the awareness of the power of the flower and to bring vibrational medicine to the masses. And one thing that I love about her message, too, is that she helps people to connect with their wild, authentic self. And oh my gosh, that's what I'm always talking about, right? To be spiritual is to be more natural. I talk about, when I'm talking about the elemental spirits, about the nature spirits, you know, fairies and gnomes and, and you know, salamanders, and what they teach us is to be wild, to be more authentically you in your wild nature. So without, <laughs> without talking, telling too much of her story, because I want to hear her tell it, welcome to the show, Interesting. Thank you for being oh, here. You. First of all, I wish I was in Southern California after you've said all that, because I just want to be there for all this that's going on. That's amazing. Oh, well, well, you can join us virtually if it's not. A... <laughs> yeah, yeah, you could come online. You could just pop in. Yeah, it's going to be in the evening of, of the Pacific. But yeah, it would be, oh gosh, it would be lovely. If you do ever come to Los Angeles, then please let me know so you can come in studio and we can hang out. That would be amazing. But Lovely. I'm just wild about your work. And you also work with moon energy. So I, just please let everyone know about your journey and this, how you got to this amazing work that you're doing. This is just powerful. Let everyone know. From the beginning. Is that what you want? <laughs> yeah. Wherever you want to start. I put that question out there so open-ended. So it's like your journey, your work, whatever it is that's exciting for you to talk about. That's exactly what we want to hear all exciting it's been a journey all the way through from the beginning right up to where i am now it's been a test it's been an experience and you know it's helped me grow and i'm just i'm just forever grateful for that it really started when i came into this world knowing that i was extremely different and i kind of call myself a brown sheep really because in the uk brown sheep are a lot a lot rarer than black sheep <laughs> and that's not really boost my ego that's to say really I've always been very different I've always been one of those people who's wondered who and what I am and really I think my blessing was um the dark side my blessing was anorexia I went through a teenage life that was pretty dark and going through anorexia was was like a life-changing experience for me because it, it tested me on on really connecting with who I was. And it, it was towards the end of, of my eating disorder that I, I discovered through my mom that she, she kind of said to me, you know, you need to be looking at yoga and meditation. And and I always said that if I was to, to survive that, then I would teach it. And I was, I was, I was on death's door. I was sort of 65, I think pounds is that it was really, really small really small you know, I, I was, I, one of my cats weighs 65 pounds <laughs> so no right. I, I, <laughs> not really right. yeah. that's, that's four and a half small. stone in the uk we do it in stone in the uk so, so i mean pounds it's, it's really 12 small. i believe it's about 12 pounds to a stone i think is that right so that sounds about right yeah about 65 yeah that's I, wild i was very sick and i i went through a, um, 
a transition really when my heart stopped and I was in hospital and I went into that space of, of just feeling that emptiness, getting resuscitated, coming back to life and realizing at that point I needed to do something to change myself, feeling very much alone and searching out that that was the time when I started to search for my external guru you know and I went on a journey for years and years and years I went outside I went to Peru I went to um I went over to Brazil and trained I spent so much time in the U.S. searching for my external guru and it basically wasn't till I got home that I realized it was all in here you Mm -hmm. know I didn't need anybody else I it was it was inside of me and that's when I began my internal journey and I really believe it started with lots of yoga training lots of yoga teaching and then going to Peru to study with a shaman and work with ayahuasca plant medicine and it was the plan this is I'm telling you this really briefly because you know obviously I'm 46 so this is like (laughs) this is like a long journey (laughs) but when I when I worked with ayahuasca the plant medicine it told me really that I needed to be working with plants Mm. and I, I came home and what did I do I ignored it (laughs) as we do and I pushed it away and I was like no 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 and it wasn't till I realized that I had to be um working with flowers and I was actually taken onto a course I was actually taken and put onto a flower essence training course (laughs) Mm. and this particular trainer she worked with the moon energy as well and I really got on with her and I realized you know this is this is really me. This is something that I want to do. This is something that I connect with. And what happened, Silent Moon came about throughout the training because I realized that I was actually channeling the flower energy. I was sitting with flowers and I knew exactly what they were about. Mm. I trusted that. I channeled the energy. And basically now I grow my flowers from seed to bottle. I look after them myself. I make my own flower elixirs. And now Silent Moon is is international and I'm spreading the word everywhere with support groups on Facebook and just really holding people in that space of working with the power of the flower. And it is a mission to actually teach people or really educate people on how that this kind of medicine does work. You know, this vibrational medicine, it's, it's fantastic and how it works on our energy fields. It's so similar to homeopathy. You know, it's got such an intense and and beautiful way of working on our energetic fields. So it's my mission to actually bring it out there and, and to support people in life who want to do this modality. And yes, I work with the fairies. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> you look yeah. like a flower fairy. <laughs> now, I wonder which one. <laughs> Well, actually, yes, you know, the uh, the flower fairies, well, the, like trolls, as, as a lot of people, yeah, call them, they're actually, trolls are actually flower fairies. And the reason they are characterized as having the colorful hair is because they are taking on the vibration of the flower and they support the coloring of the, of the flowers. So, <laughs> yeah, you really do remind me. I love it. I love that I remind you of one. That's perfect. You know? Yes. <laughs> well, I think that's really amazing. Like you said, seed to bottle. Are you a, how, oh gosh, this is, maybe this is a bit of a business question, but like, how, how are you able to scale that or are you not concerned about that? You know, I don't get 
concerned. I don't get concerned about any of it. I just, I just flow with it. Basically, mm -hmm. I just go with what is needed. The majority of my um, customers and the people that I support come from the UK and the US, mm -hmm. and a lot of them work with me privately on one to ones, and they also work with me on Facebook as well. So we do every month. We do a support group on Facebook. We're just about to start Violet on the first of June, and we because it's an intense experience doing a flower essence on your own it can really clear a lot of energy and a lot of people don't want to do that deep deep work on on their own so i started to do support groups and i run those every month so we have the in breath and we have the out breath so the first month we take the essence together we share our experiences and we can say what we want because i'm very much about authenticity and then on the second month we don't take it and believe it or not that is sometimes, well, more often than not, the, the most, it's the month that we get the most out of the, the experience, the out-breath, because it's, it's when the experience has really started to integrate within us. And these flower essences, when we take them for long enough, they really get into our systems, they get into our DNA. We basically become the flower. Mm -hmm. You know, we, it, it takes over in our body um, and it really works for us. And if you don't believe it, you can read all the testimonials that I've got, on, got online that people who have worked with me, I always just call them my flowers because they are, they're just like, they are just like the flowers. They, they actually take on the energy of the flower because they've been so close to the flowers for so long. Wow. It's your little garden or, or large garden. <laughs> okay. So you're talking about the violet taking the violet is, is coming just five days from this broadcast or six days. Can we still get in on that somehow? <laughs> I'm like, knock, knock, knock. It's the door opening. If the if you're in the if you're in the US, you need to get in there quickly so I can get the essence to you before the first. Even if you're a couple of days over, it okay. doesn't matter. But Violet is all about the speaker. It's all about the communicator. It's all brilliant flower essence for teachers and for people who talk like you who want to speak out and have a clear voice. It connects the heart and the intuition so that you can say your words in the perfect way that they need to be said. It's the most fantastic flower essence it's one of my favorites and it's also I shouldn't say that Very <laughs> I, I love violet and it's we all need it right now because we all need to be able to communicate in the most beautifulest wonderfulest way and I love to use the word wonderful mess because we are messy and we do have messes and I love for people to come into the group and just to share their messiness and it's through doing that as a community that we can really help to heal that. And that's what I love. I, I'm, as you can see, I'm really passionate about it. <laughs> I just love it. I love it. So yes, of course, the group is open and it's there and you will do a month with taking the essence and then you will have a second month in the group where I'm not as active, but you're there and you're with the group and you're communicating still and sharing your experience that is still going on. And if you know that you have things going on in your in your chest and in your heart and in your throat, if you're one of those people who gets a lot of sore throats, finds it hard to communicate and finds it hard to you know say stuff. You know, sometimes when you know you want to say something and you're like, you, mm. you stopped from saying it. Violet is brilliant for helping you to speak out. So it's perfect high chakra energy. Oh, I love that. Well, I actually had a cold last month and it, it started actually in my ear and went to my throat. So I think it's probably <laughs> good. I'm already doing some clearing. <laughs> That's amazing. And so uh, the um, the coaching, okay, so there's a bit of coaching kind of that first month that you 
that you uh, were taking the essences together, and you actually mm-hmm. take them, you ingest them. They're elixirs, so they are. They're not. They're not like a scent. Actually, they're not. You don't do essential oils. You do the elixirs, so you infuse. It, do you infuse it into moon water? Is that actually what the process is like? If I, yeah. I guess I should just let you tell. I work with essential oils. I I'm, I create sprays with my flower essences. Okay. If you want to do the external work, I see. Yeah. So I, I do that too. But the actual elixirs themselves are made with the energy of the moon water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're all apart from a couple. I've made a couple with moon and sun energy. Some of them have called for that, like dandelion. Mm-hmm. It wanted the balance of both. But most of them are made. Well, all of them apart from dandelion are made with just the moon energy. So. Yes, I create with either full moon. I, I'm, I create with any phase of the moon. It right. depends on what calls me because they're all significant. We don't just think full moon, new moon. It's like they're all significant phases in our in our cycle throughout the month. So they all get used by me. <laughs> You're, we're so telepathic on this broadcast because I'm about to ask you a question and you answer it. I was going to ask you if if you use all the phases of the moon in the different ways and it well if doing it on a lunar cycle where you take it on a lunar cycle then you know we have our personal lunar cycle especially ladies that, that is more evident to us and then we have the you know the global lunar cycle how we're all connecting with the particular phase the outside phase and I have to ask, I mean, does working with the flower essences, is that is that a kind of fundamental balancing that will occur is for women with their with their menses to come into balance? This is something that I find, you know, sensitives and intuitives to have, you know, it's that sacral and that root. And, you know, there's so we take in so much energy. Fifty percent of women have fibroid tumors. Um, 30% of women have endometriosis and it, it, it is seeming to target or, you know, it, it afflict, I should say, women of all kinds of lifestyle, no matter how healthy you are, no matter how cleanly you eat and you exercise or, you know, the whole gamut. So it, you can't really blame it on maybe it's the GMOs because there are plenty of people who are 100% free of that or maybe it's vegan or non-vegan or whatever diet or exercise program. You just see these afflictions happening to women. So, um, I, I just say, I'm, I'm stating this because I want the girls who are listening to listen right now because I think you have some support for us in this in this work I do I mean I work with the moon I don't just work with women I work with men but I work with it seems right now that 98% of my clients are women Mm -hmm. okay um probably more but I do I am a massive advocate of the only steaming for especially for for those situations when with endometriosis and fibroids and you know, I create my own yoni steams. Um, they're extremely contra- controversial still, even though yoni steaming is such an ancient ritual, and it was, it's been out for thousands and thousands of years. Yet right now, it's so controversial. Um, people just still question why we do it, how we do it. I have a whole thing on my website, even showing you how to yoni steam, and it, it's really important for us. And and if we want to get really intimate, it. It's also good for women to release old energy from their wounds as well, old sexual partners, really cleanse themselves from anything that is is stuck there because that allows us to move on, that allows our channels to open, for our womb to be clear. And this is, remember, is our creative center. Whether we bear children or not, this area of our body is the area where we create our projects, we, we create our artistic projects, our work. Everything comes from this space and it needs to be clean and clear for us to move on. 
So that's why I'm such an advocate of yoni steaming. I really am. I just got all of those spirit chills while you were talking about that. That's, I think that's really powerful work. And, it, you know, with, let's just say if we can also look at how the divine feminine is coming forward to, you know, really moving forward to balance the overly uh, the, oh, heavy application of the masculine, that the, the, it went from divine to toxic and the heavy yang energy and we're shifting that. So that's probably why, I mean, all of, all of our little uteruses, uteri are like trying to be, be warriors and we do need that. It's besides the, the old sexual partners, for me personally, I actually found in some some work that I have been, you know, in my soul energy and, and even like in my unconscious energy that I developed in my shadow as a little child, feeling the ancestral energy, the sexual trauma and abuse of my mother and her mother and her mother and her mother. Like I pick, picked up on that vibration when I was a child and put it into that shadow and said, I shall do this. And so I think that's, I, my story is not unique. I mean, it's my own, but it's not unique. And so working with, I feel like working with the the moon energy, obviously the flowers as well, but that fundamentally will will work on all of these issues, with, I think, in a, right? I mean, is this what you see? Is this part of your powerful work that you see evidential, evidentially? I, I mean, I give, um, moon rituals away because on my website because that's really important for for people just to take them and run with them and I I I created them but it's really nice for people to just take them and play with them themselves you know remember that ritual is really personal and when we want to you know the moon isn't sit you know sat in the sky going you need to do it this way you know it's happy if we just create and see it and work with it you know it, you don't have to just be like working in a specific way. And, and I think rituals are really important for our own creative energy. So I created these six magical moon rituals, take them, look at them, run with them and play with them. And then let me know, you know, your playful side and how, you know, they've affected you and what you've done with my creation to make it your own, you know? And it's really, I love to encourage people to do that because you, so many women out there will say oh just just not creative um, but but yes you are <laughs> yes we're all creative in our own way and we need to look at that you know and and open to that and allow ourselves to be that now, and it's sad as you said you you have of course 98 percent of your clientele are women and we certainly do you know, I, I, I think, I mean, I have, I have plenty, I actually have men clients and <laughs> have a lot of men clients and, and students and listeners. And as we're, as we're talking about the lunar cycle, um, actually for, for people who do not have menses, so that would be men and women who, for whatever reason, whether it's, you know, the natural process, process of no longer, you know, having the menstrual cycle, or if it's by some surgical means, how, do you would do you do you find that they mostly connect to that global lunar cycle, or do you feel that there's still an inner lunar cycle that's going on? You know, in the way that we, you know, a, a, mens, a menstrual cycle doesn't necessarily line up with the the new and the full moon because you're doing your personal work inside of the global experience. Do you have advice for men and non-menstruating women on how to work with the lunar cycles? I still believe that everybody has their personal experience i i really do wonderful I, I, i've been that's my intuitive and I, <laughs> that's what i've been telling people i'm like tell me i want it from a lunar goddess is that right <laughs> that's my question 
And I also believe that men have their cycle too. Mm -hmm. And that should never be dismissed in my eyes. I mean, I, I really think, you know, it's, I mean, it's important. I'm, I'm really enjoying the fact that men are starting to connect in circle. I found a, a, a group this week of, because um, I've been I've been doing some research on that because this is something that I want to do. I want to bring men and women together. It's part of my journey. I think we, we, it's lovely that we have the divine masculine, the divine feminine, but okay, we need to get on with each other and we need to connect. Yes. So ultimately I run the wild one weekend and it's been, heavily heavily laden with women and it is right now but my whole dream is to bring men into that and last week i spent a, a four days in a, in a woman's cir- female circle a woman's circle um in called jtw and it's a great circle we it runs every year and it was in Birmingham in the UK. We were sat in circle in teepees and sat as women doing our thing, me screaming, releasing, you know, being the wild one that I am. And I said to them, 30 women afterwards, I, I hadn't met any of them. And I just said what I would love more than anything. And I visualized it was as I was talking, I saw a wonderful group, or well, all men are wonderful, or a wonderful group of men all around me around the group of women, just listening and observing what we were saying and standing, holding the space. Mm. And it felt really good because to me, that's what we're about. We we need to connect with each other. We need to hold each other's space. Now, other people might have a different view of that. I do believe that there's space for women's circles and I do believe there's space for men's circles. And I'm watching how the men's work is just getting stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. And as we go through emotional dramas in our life, we do need the same sex to support us. I truly believe we do. I mean, I've only learned that really recently as part of my journey is that I've always been very close to men in my life. I've grown more and more into the female energy and I felt I just need this feminine support to support me. And I think men need exactly the same. And I think by doing that, we can come together. We can recognize, oh, okay. There's these two sides and we come together as one because remember, we hold the energy, whether we're men or women, you know, in yoga, that's what we teach. You know, we hold the energy of female and masculine, you know, and we have to balance that within us all, whether we're holding a female body or a a male body, you know, so that's me on my big rant about men and women. I don't know if I answered your question. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what my question was. That's what I wanted to hear, though. I believe about cycles and, and whether yeah. we hold them you know we have an, an internal cycle whether we're, we're we're bleeding or not bleeding or whether we're men or not and, and I do believe we have our personal cycle yes and so I we hope. just feel into that if we you know if we don't have if we don't have the bleed you still feel into that and you can and so so you have the ritual cycles or you have a you have lunar rituals on your website for folks to start to connect with the, the different phases of the lunar cycle Absolutely. And then you can embody that and feel how your own energy is running in comparison. And of course, each if someone else has defined the the different phases of the moon, uh, of course you're, you that's a place for you to jump off of. It's not meant for it to be dogmatic. And this is what you know the third quarter is always like. And it's only this set of adjectives and and nouns. <laughs> it's meant to be a jumping off point. But I think it's helpful to have that guide. I think you know anything like this just it. it 
my first view on anything like this is just to have fun with it, is to play with it and notice how it works with your life. As soon as we start to get serious about this stuff, then then it's it's just not good. It's just like enjoy it and have fun with it. See how it works for you. And you will see the difference in your life when you start making rituals and you start changing and shifting with the cycles of the moon. Well, you already are, but it's just noticing, it's connecting, it's, you know, journaling. I, I say to a lot of my clients, please journal because then you'll see how the flower essences work for you. So because the changes can, can be so subtle that you don't notice until you actually read your journal, you know, two months back and you see, oh, wow, look how much I've changed. But if you don't have that document, you can easily turn around and say, oh, well, that didn't work for me. So I'm never going to try it again. But flower essences, they're, they're, they're so good at bringing you into a high space and opening your intuition. And that's what I really love about them is that they work intuitively. So they do so much. But the one thing that they do is if you want to open your mind, then they will help you to really connect. And especially if you want to connect with nature. It's just amazing. And so they work very powerfully, obviously, on folks who are energy and physically sensitive, energetically and physically sensitive. And now, do you think if it's hard to say that people who are not sensitive, but have you found, have you had clients who are maybe a bit more skeptical or feel like they aren't sensitive in one way or another, yet they had a, a powerful experience? They had the, the, the response that they could notice. Definitely. <laughs> I've worked with skeptics and I've also people people will talk to me about it and say look I, I know what you do I really admire it but I don't believe it yeah. you know and and that's absolutely fine because you can easily say oh well if I put my intention into something well it's gonna work for me so okay then in my mind then put your intention into a flower essence and then you know even if it's placebo to you then it's working then isn't it in my eyes you know yes it, absolutely. it's you know Okay, so so grab hold of something. Maybe you, you know you get a pill from the doctor, and it doesn't work either. But you know, if you put your mind on it, it would it might work for you. You know, so it's to me. I believe that the people who come to me are the people who genuinely have had enough of what's going on in their lives. I tend to get the desperate. people people and that if they're listening now they're going to say what is she saying but it's the truth and they won't mind me saying this because I know my crew and they 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 are though they are those women and and men if I get any but they are those people who I've I've done as much as I can I've watched you and I realized that I know you can help me because you've also been there as well and I've just watched some amazing transformations with flower essences and one-to-one -one work. You know, when I do the one-to-ones, you get a bespoke flower essence. So you get something that really goes deep. I, I give up to about seven essences in a bottle. So we can work, we can just channel into exactly what it is that you want to work with. And you know, if you're, if you're coming from a place of fear, it's easy to say fear. Okay. You need daffodil essence, but then you can look at that and go, but where does your fear stem from? Is it a broken relationship? Then, of course, you need it's not daffodil that you need. It's foxglove that you need. You know, so you've got to think about where does the fear stem from? You know, and that's really important. About how many different flowers do you work with, or have you worked with? Are you like regularly working with approximately? <laughs> Just curious. Like how many, how many are you, because there's endless, you know what I mean? Like there is, they're as, um, as populous as all of the people in the planet. So. 
well, it's funny because when it gets, this is the busiest time of year for me because obviously this is a time when things are growing. So I'm usually in sort of autumn, winter time, I'm sort of get, trying to get an idea of what I'm going to be creating for the following year. So spring, summer, I'll write down what I need to do, whether I need to reboot flower essences that I've already got or if I need to work with something else or I need to bring in another flower or if I need to stop something because the universe will tell me really what I need to work with. And when I get to springtime, the list that I've made has usually just gone in the trash, you know, <laughs> because I've been told something else, yeah. you know, no, that is not what we need right now. This is what is needed in the energy of the universe, you know, and it, it's what's called for really. And if I can pretty much guarantee that when I create a flower essence that I haven't thought that we've needed, like for example, dandelion, I woke up one day, I saw these huge dandelions in my yard. I've never seen anything like them. And in the UK this year, the dandelions have been amazingly yellow and big. And I knew I had to make a, a flower essence. And when I put it out online, everybody just went, oh my God, I just, I just so needed that. You know, and I was and I was thinking, I had no idea I was meant to make this. <laughs> I just follow the guidance and I and I get told. So that's how I work really. I just I get get told to work with a flower and I well, go for it. And that's how nature works. So it makes so much sense. Actually, I have to say earlier when you were talking about you said wonderful mess. I I want I as you said that and you said because we are a mess, but I saw in my in my mind, I saw how in the um, like in the autumn and there are big winds that go in and they dust up they dust everything up the winds and it moves what needs to be moved around and it creates a mess and that mess is is aligned it needs to happen in order for uh, everything to fall where it needs to fall in order to become what it is destined to become I love that I love that it's my favorite season as well <laughs> I, I absolutely that's that's a great analogy it's brilliant love it well I I wonder I, I have a I'm curious about what your process is for creating the the lunar water um how, how do you you know what is your process you you what is the type of water and how do you allow the moonlight to infuse into it well I use filtered water so okay. obviously it's really clean I live sure. in a town where we it's called Harrogate in Yorkshire. We actually produce water here. We have a spa town. Um, so we have good water in Harrogate. So we have a, a specific brand that's actually worldwide that we use here. And for some reason, I ended up living in a spa town. And what I do is I, I basically, a lot of people do this anyway. When the, when the moon is full, they, they take a bowl. I would always guarantee, I would always say that you should use a glass bowl okay. or you should use a specific bowl to do it because I, I have a specific bowl to, to create my flower essences with. I, I don't use anything else but these bowls. So they're infused with my, my flower essences. I won't use them for anything else. Make it glass or make it something that's really precious to you. And then you fill, fill it with clean water, spring water. If you can get it from a lake, you know, a, a freshwater spring or wherever, you then use that water as well, as long as it's drinkable, unless you're just going to pour it over you. And then... I will do rituals, I'll do prayers over it, I'll use my own rituals, and then I'll leave it in the moonlight, and I'll leave it. Remember that you don't have to just have the moon on the water. I mean, it's lovely if you've got a clear sky, but in the UK, that doesn't always happen. So 
you know, we do have clouds as well. And remember the energy is still there, even if it's cloudy. Mm -hmm. So in the time of new moon, which is three days and within the time of full moon, which is also three days because every phase is approximately three days. In that time, you can leave the bowl and you can just allow it to infuse over that time or just do it for a night. And then I like to, what I like to do is I like to throw the water over me um, and just try it out. It, I've got it in my six magical moon rituals. It feels so cleansing and it just really releases anything that's been sat in your auric field. It takes every bit of rubbish away, as we say, or trash, as you say in the US. Let it lets it all out and you just you're able to just reboot and restart again. You know, it's like having a cold shower. It's 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 just an amazing energy to release and to start again with. Just imagining that you're pouring that water over your head, feel that water flowing down you, and everything is released to the earth, and then you can restart. Beautiful. And and water and water is this is why people have meditative and creative experiences while they're showering because water does cut electrical currents you know it severs them so it will sever those etheric cords or move out the energy that it cleanse the the energy is meant to stay in your aura but remove that which is meant to leave that's wonder and so do you cover it actually so that it doesn't get debris in it or I, yeah i've got um like a jar that i use okay for my, or you can cover it with something nothing nothing plastic yeah you don't want plastic right no just make sure that the that, you know, if you're just using it not to drink, but if you're mm -hmm. using it just pour over you, then I would say that you could have it open, but you could use a sieve or something to to release all the debris afterwards. Sure. You know, because I'm to be honest, I'm quite raw. I'm quite happy to do things with whatever comes into the water. I just work with the energy of, and I I I've often got things going around in my water. Don't worry, not I don't create my flower essences with snails and stuff in my water, <laughs> but you know happy if so i work a lot with the totem animals and stuff and i think well if something comes into my water it's meant to be there so i just i just use the energy and, and keep it open sometimes i'll use a closed jar it depends on where i'm where i'm at and you know if i'm traveling or whatever but it's a brilliant way to cleanse and also a really good way to cleanse is to imagine you know if you, you were talking about the shower but if you stand in a shower and if you're okay with cold showers us kundalini yoga people who have done the training usually like to do cold showers but if you hold a shower over your head and you imagine that you're a bamboo you know like a bamboo mm. shoot and you're hollow in the center and you just feel that water flowing down you through you and imagine that all of that energy is just going down the plug hole and releasing it's a great way to cleanse your auric field and your physical body as well wow that's that's really beautiful what a great image i love bamboo so much it's grass but it's one of the strongest natural kinds of uh, materials that grows it's really fast <laughs> Grass. Where is it? it? Yeah, it's a grass. It's this really, it's an interesting kind of grass too. And the way that I can't remember the the technical term for it, but the way that it grows is that it actually goes under the earth and then it grows another portion of itself. So that's how it actually, it's 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 like it multiplies from beneath the earth. And yeah, but it is, and it is naturally detoxifying. If you have a bamboo uh, forest or if you put bamboo plants in your home, it is, it's an air filter, air purifier. Bamboos are really, I have bamboo floors in my, uh, in my studio. So I really love bamboo. I appreciate it so much. I, I, I wanted to know about your process for creating the elixirs too. Do you use a, a distillation or is it infusion or how, how do the flowers get into it? 
I, I take the flower and I speak to the flower. Obviously I channel the energy of the flower. I work with the flower beforehand. I understand what the flower is about beforehand. And the flower tells me if it wants to be picked or if it just wants to be either taken and laid over the top of the water. So like any flower essence, when you make a flower essence, you can pick the flower or you can just not pick the flower. So it still stays alive when you, you know, when you finished mm -hmm. and you lie over still obviously on its stem over the, over the water itself. And please, if you're doing this process, because I'm such a nature buff and a, and a fairy, you must ask mm -hmm. the, the flower first, if it wants to be picked, because going around picking flowers is not what you do <laughs> right. you've got to ask first okay mm -hmm. so i i just channel into the flower and usually there is a flower that wants to wants to give itself up sometimes it's like a no-no i've i've worked with tree energy and it's taken three years before i've actually got permission to work with the tree mm. it it's told me to come back for regular communication to sit and that's my fairy portal essence which is for guilt and it's pine and it's a beautiful tree near my home, but it wouldn't let me work with it until it was my, it actually, I actually, it, I actually make it on summer solstice on the 20th, 21st of June, which is my dad's anniversary, which of his death. Mm. And it wasn't till then that the actual tree said, now you're ready. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. And how do yeah. you receive the, as you're channeling from the flowers and the tree or you're, as you're communicating, do you receive it as uh, like, how does it feel? How, how would you explain to someone to get your yes or your no to be able to work with them? That's first of all, how do you, because I know some folks are listening saying, look, what do you mean ask permission? And what do I have a dream about it? Because you know, we have all kinds of people who are listening. And then do you have clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience? Is it all of it? How do you experience the channeled messages? Get, I get the message, I hear the message, and then I write down. So I'm, I'm a writer anyway. So I write, I take a pen and paper, and I can actually sit with the flower, take a few minutes, walk away, take my pen and paper, and then I'll just write. And I'll just, and I, basically, I just get out of my own way. And I say that anybody can, if they get out their own way, their intuition will come to them, whichever way form it comes in, whether they see, whether they feel, whether they hear. I tend to feel the energy and I tend to hear the energy and it comes through me and it comes out through the pen and I know exactly what the flower's about. I tend to write quotes, I tend to write verses, I tend to write stories and then I'll read it back and I'll go, oh, okay, right, okay. And now I, I understand. Sometimes it can be garbled. I have to sort of work it out as to what it's actually, what it's actually about. But the flowers are, are really... They're really good at, at, at telling you in their own language. <laughs> so you've got to kind of decipher it as to, you know, what does that mean? But, you know, it, it's it's an amazing way of just being able to just honor nature. And as I and as I move around in nature, if I sit with a flower, I can I can now after three or four well, it's four years of actually doing this in Silent Moon that I'm able to just go, okay, I know what that's about straight away. And, and one thing that I would say to people that are listening, look at what is growing around you. 
because it's really important to notice. Like we have a lot of what we call empathians here in this town, which is the flower for impatience. Mm. So notice what's growing around you in your town. Notice what's growing around you wherever you live. And just look and think, oh, right, okay, that's really, that that's significant. I'm always happy to tell people, you know, if somebody comes to me and says, what does this mean? Um, just notice, ask me, and I'll, I'll tell you what that flower's about. And you'll know that's the energy you need to be working with. That's yes, because we are nature and this is an ecosystem. And we are, we feel like, I say this all the time in my work, we feel like humans, we have this experience. We're the only ones who think that we're just like walking around on top of nature and we're, you know, we are here. And actually, that this is, reminds me of what you said that you experienced as a child. You felt like I don't belong here. And look at what you've, what your work has become is you are completely integrated in here and in nature. And so, right, you have co-created with the flowers or the whatever the the botanical um, ecosystem is around you. you. You're a part of that, and, and it's all responding to you and you to it. I'm in California, though, where we're largely a desert, so <laughs> I guess we work a lot with succulents. <laughs> well, no, there, there are some flowers, but there's a lot of – there's. but just think about it being – in an, in a place where it's it's very de- you know very much desert climate and there are succulents that grow there so plants that actually hold the energy hold the vibration of the water in order to uh, be in that space wow that's intense it's <laughs> an intense space to be in yeah it is intense <laughs> it's so true but you know what that intensity I, my background actually that before i shifted to this career i was i actually worked with food and I worked with drink. I was a mixologist. And so, uh, for example, you know, I did study a lot about plants. And for example, the the plant that is used to make tequila and mezcal is called agave and it grows very naturally here in Southern California and in Mexico. And where the agave grows will impact very much uh, how it actually, you know, how it tastes later. So if it grows in the lowland, it has, there is actually more moisture, but it's hotter. And so it, and it, it, I mean, it's, or I should say the temperature is more stabilized. And so it will kind of have a, a, a spicier kind of vegetal quality. But in the highlands, the temperature fluctuates a lot more. It gets very, very cold, and there is less moisture some of the times, and so it has to work really hard to get its nutrients and to conserve it and to be very – honestly, it has to be very mindful of how it uses its nutrients when it receives it, and so it actually comes out fruitier and sweeter. And we're the same. <laughs> we do exactly the same, and the botanicals around us are living that life with us. Absolutely. Absolutely. I forget the agave, you know, it's just that we have it here and it comes in plastic bottles. <laughs> it's like Oh yeah, agave nectar. Yes, that's when you actually cook it. It's like the sugar of the, the pina of the plant. It's, it's, you know, like how we derive um, white sugar too from the sugarcane plant, which is a grass-like bamboo. It's very much like bamboo. <laughs> yeah, so what grows in where you are is probably pretty opposite to what grows where I am. Possibly, yes, 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 because you have a lot more cold. We, I mean, we, we have some high desert uh, climate this year. We actually did have um, a lot of cold, a lot of rain, and we had a lovely display of poppies, a lovely display of some wildflowers. And we also had this powerful display of a butterfly moving from the Pacific uh, South to the Pacific Northwest um, and they're, they're called painted ladies. And so it looked like flying flowers just bathing for a few days. It was amazing. Wow. I think I took a um, picture of one of those last year, actually. We had some 
painted ladies is stunning, stunning. Mm. But poppy is um, is a flower essence for clarity mm. and for, for understanding. Is that a, so? That's a Californian poppy, right? Yes, yes. Cal- I think that's our state flower, even. Yes, because it, it's 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 about clarity, and it's really it's a good flower for the head. It's very good at um, sorting out, you know, t- t- too much busy mind, you know need to make decisions so it helps you to make a decision oh we need that here (laughs) so much going on you know i'm actually originally from texas and the state flower of texas is blue bonnet and one thing that i love about the blue bonnet oh i get the chills talking i talk about the blue bonnet every now and again the blue bonnet seed is has a very very hard shell and so the only way i think the story and of the of the blue bonnet is so beautiful for many of us to relate to, the only way that you'll actually get a bloom in the spring from a blue bonnet is if there is a freeze in the winter preceding it so that the freeze can actually crack the shell and then the tender energy of the sprout can actually make its way through. So it needs a cooperation of the whole field in order to become who it's going to become. Do you know much yeah. about the blue bonnet? Have you ever worked with it? Is- but you're basically saying what it is. You see how you've just sort of opened up to its energy and mm-hmm. you've just spoke about it. So you, it's a very tender flower. It's for the tender heart. Mm-hmm. It clearly is a, a flower that needs, it, it's for the fragile soul, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's because yes. you know, you, that's what you've expressed. That's, it needs that support. It needs that help. Mm-hmm. And it does, I mean, it looks fragile. It's a beautiful, beautiful flower. So yes. yeah, definitely would be, you know, if it needs a support of nature to open, then, you know, it needs the support of the, did you say that the energy of the, it needs a colder climate? It needs to freeze in the winter. If you don't have a winter freeze, then you will have, in Texas, it does, we do actually have uh, some disparity. We have really, really hot summers and we do actually in a lot of the state even get snow. And so, it, but sometimes like where I grew up, it did, didn't snow that much or the freeze wasn't that complete. So if there wasn't a deep freeze, then the shell couldn't have gotten cracked open. So you'll have a much uh, lower harvest or a much lower show of the blue bonnets in, in the preceding spring. Yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. I'm not going to, it's almost like I'm not going to, I'm not going to show myself <laughs> I'm hiding. I'm hiding. You know, I'm not going to show myself to the world. I'm quite fragile. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got that energy about it when you speak about it. So that's what I would say. I mean, I haven't sat with the flower, but that's what I'm getting from mm-hmm. what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So. It's beautiful. And so what, uh, how would you advise folks to, even like today, begin to work with the flowers for themselves? Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, the first thing you must do is want to be in nature. <laughs> I mean, if you don't like nature, then it's it's pointless. But, you know, if you want to be in nature and you want to spend more time with the flowers, the first thing that you must do is just, you know, walk. Walk slowly. Keep keep any headphones off. Walk mm-hmm. around. Listen to the sounds around you. Sounds in the distance. Be present. Be Always be present with the movement of nature. And as you walk you will start to connect with what's going on around you and you'll start to see things that you haven't seen before. And when you walk, walk mindfully, you know, don't don't rush around and try and sort of keep the head away from the walk. Just really walk and open your heart. That's the first step to always working with the energy of the flowers. And then you can, if, you, if you've got high intuition anyway and you work a lot with your intuition, then you can just sit and be present with flowers. Start to do that. Start to honor 
and honor yourself first. You know, you must do this from a place of self-love. We must love ourselves before we do any of this work because how can we help others if we don't, you know? So sit with the flowers, honoring who you are, ask them to communicate with you and see what comes up. And, and again, when they do communicate with you, don't question yourself. That's what a lot of people do when they work with their intuition, they question themselves. So take a pen and paper, sit, and when you've communicated and meditated, then, you know, sit and write it down. And obviously, I do meditate a lot. I meditate daily at the moment. I probably meditate three times a day. <laughs> so that has to be part of the practice because I'm, I'm a big believer in getting out of your own way. You know, if you've got stuff going on in your life, I don't tend to make essences when I've got stuff going on in my life <laughs> because, you know, I know we've always got stuff going on in our life, but you know, I don't go and make a flower essence when my head is busy, busy, busy because that energy is going into the flower essence. And plus I wouldn't get it. I wouldn't get a good, a good, a clear message from the flower. Right. So I have to make sure I'm out of my own way and then make the energy, make the flower energy and then and then bottle it. Because otherwise, if your head's busy, you know, it, it's really pointless doing doing it. So I just think meditation is first and foremost and walking yes, and looking around you. Love it. Yes, absolutely. Meditation. Well, when you said when your head is busy, that's static. Just like when you tune an analog radio dial and there's... So you can't hear the message and meditation is how you actually get that frequency dialed in. And uh, well, this has been just so amazing, Indra. I I could talk to you for hours and please do come to Southern California so we can (laughs) go walk along the California puppies. (laughs) So you have, uh, I I encourage everyone to go and and go to Indra's website. All of the links are in the description here. I want to get in on the violets. So I'm going to go as soon as the show is over and see if I could get in on that party because I do need it. My throat is cleared up in this, (laughs) in this show. It's amazing. Is there anything else you would like to share with folks that you have coming up and or anything, any final words? I've got my wild one weekend. That's obviously in the UK and open to being anywhere in the world, of course. But at the moment, it's in the UK in the beautiful English Lake District. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't been to the English Lake District, it's one of the, the best parts of the UK not to be missed. I hold a weekend retreat on the 6th and 7th of July of this year. This is all about the mother energy. So we work with the energy of mother. One day we work with nurturer. One day we work with the warrior. There it is. And this retreat is based in the woodlands. So it's a beautiful bale barn. And we work in there. And again, at the moment, there's women coming. We're always open to men coming into the group. And we work with yoga, we work with circle, we work with dance, we work with movement. And it's just an amazing group. I'm not telling you any more because it's all a big surprise because I can't say everything that we do. But the transformation at WOW, it's Wild One Weekend as well. It's just fantastic. And the mother energy is the summer energy. So it's all about blooming. It's how we bring ourselves into our fullest and our biggest bloom and our biggest potential. And this is just to take you further on your journey forward. Beautiful. Oh, my goodness. I, I hope I could join as well. That sounds just wonderful. <laughs> Well, again, thank you so much. My, my most profound gratitude for you coming on the show, for sharing your work, for your sharing your light, and just for the work that you do for all of us, for nature and for all of the people too. I look forward to connecting more, Indra. You're lovely. 
<laughs> Thanks a lot. All right. Well, we will see you next time on Charmed Life. I encourage you to go look at Indra's website. And I also encourage you to check down here in the description of the show notes because I have some really cool things coming on at my Mystic, uh, coming out on my Mystic Arts Academy, including the party that's coming up in just a few days and the workshop journey with your multidimensional spirit guides. And we will see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. I love you, whoever you are. Hi everyone, it's Trisha Carr. If this is your first time connecting with my work, it's so nice to meet you. I'm a medium animal communicator. I have this podcast called Charmed Life with Trisha Carr. I love helping people connect with their own magic. I love helping people awaken to the multidimensional experience of the universe. I have an upcoming series of workshops, Journey with Your Multidimensional Spirit Guides. I will teach about the benevolent energies and guides that exist in our layered dimensional experience and then lead everyone in a meditative journey to go into these realms and then meet the very beings who are on your spirit team. We have three different workshops. They all stand alone, but you could take one or you could take all three. The higher cosmos, the star beings, the archangelic, we're going into the inner planes of the earth and mother Gaia, nature spirits, elementals. Yes, I'm talking about fairies. And we're even gonna talk about unicorns and dragons. The manifesting plane and the heart and soul. Parallel selves, future selves, timeline work, telepathy, you guys, we're going deep. Journey with your multidimensional spirit guides are all live streamed workshops, so you can join from anywhere. You can also join in person here in Los Angeles. Space is limited for the local attendees. Every workshop is interactive and we'll have question and answer sessions. When we come together in this way, we just expand so much. You can find in the post below the link to read all about it, including the class agenda and a way to register your spot. I'll see you guys soon.